Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas with Texas Homegrown Music. I've got an incredible show for you today. I've got the author of the Motel Cowboy Show, Josh Crutchmer, who's also written Red Dirt, which probably a lot of you out there have read. I have not yet, but I'm going to. And I just got to tell you, he has opened up my eyes to so many things about music from Idaho to Texas, and there's a personal reason why this is so phenomenal to me. You'll hear about it in the interview. So I'm going to get to it very quickly. He's also a writer for the New York Times, so that tells you right there, this guy's been around and knows how to paint a picture, and he certainly did with this book. I want to say one thing before I get to this interview. Today marks an anniversary for my husband and I of over 30 years together making music and life, doing life together through our store we own, the Guitar Sanctuary, our nonprofit Love Life Foundation, our band, of course, the Maylee Thomas Band. He's the mayor of our city, McKinney, Texas. But more than that, he's just a wonderful human being. And I love you, honey. And I just want to tell you that I don't take you for granted. I also want to play a song that was written for him by myself and John Christopher Davis. And this has never been heard by any of you before. I found it in my archives. It's basically an acoustic version of the song that we we cut at the very beginnings of it. It's even got a few different lyrics than the ones that we cut uh, later on. But I love this version. And I thought maybe many Leave of you would too. So this is for you, honey. I love you. For everybody out there that's been with someone more than a couple decades, you know, crazy is what you need sometimes certainly was in our case and we'll be right back with josh crutchmer the author of the motel cowboy show right here today on texas homegrown music My hair went past my mini skirts. One night chasing love, we were high on life and so free. All the petty things you try weigh us down. Let's skip this masquerade. Get out of this town. I wanna join. Come on. 
Sometimes you gotta jump without a net. A lot of times. <laughs> Go on and keep loving with no regrets. Let's just take our seat. Well, hey, everybody, we're back here on Texas Homegrown Music, and I am so excited to have my guest today. Actually, coming from New York City, um, which is so great with uh, what we can do now um, because of all this uh, technology. But, Josh, welcome to the show. And I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. It's Josh Kretschmer, correct? Got it. Yes. That's a weird, not, that is not always the first guess that people have, but you got it exactly you know right. Yay. Well, I guess maybe because I'm a Southern girl and just kind of read it and sound it out like it looks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to tell you, and I've got to tell my listeners what makes this interview so exciting is, so Josh uh, wrote a book called Red Dirt, which a lot of people from this area have already are real familiar with. But this particular yeah. book that we're focusing on today is called The Motel Cowboy Show. And what Josh doesn't know is within the last month, I've done a lot of digging into um, my background and always known about my grandparents um, being in vaudeville and uh, my grandfather, you know, being in a band called Otto Gray and his Oklahoma Cowboys. But I didn't really know that much about him. And uh, he died when I was um, just barely 10. Um, but I do remember him playing the the fiddle, and I remember him playing bird sounds for me all the time and singing yeah. and whistling. And so I open up your book, and I literally just got a picture that day that I got your book that I had ordered from eBay um, about with my grandfather's picture with Otto Gray. I've been pulling in all kinds of stuff. And I read in your book, a reference to Otto Gray and his Oklahoma Cowboys. And I just was stunned because I haven't heard anything about them in all this time. And then all of a sudden, how serendipitous it is for me to start reading this book, Josh. And I felt such a kindredness behind what you were saying. It truly gave me goosebumps and brought, brought tears to my eyes. That is really cool. Um, well, I will tell you all about... So... 
Otto Grace from Oklahoma, right? the the original book that I wrote in 2020, Red Dirt, is all about Oklahoma, and that is where I'm from. And um, when that book came out, there were a few people that were in the know that wanted to know why Otto Gray wasn't part of that book. Otto Gray and his Oklahoma Cowboys. Um, the first um, commercially successful Western swing band. And the reason I actually left them out was because I thought I would be stepping on the toes of the red dirt music scene if I tried to credit them with Otto Gray. And I knew at some point I would go out and write about music from the mountains and the American West. And I thought Otto Gray would fit in better then. Now, what I did not know was that in between those two times, I would go down to Fleur's for Robert Earl Keane's last show in his uh, fan appreciation party, his original one in September of 2022. I did not realize that he would be serenaded um, by Reckless Kelly and Mickey and the Motorcars and several others um, with Midnight Special, which um, Otto Gray was uh, the one that popularized. Um, which is pretty amazing, right? That. It's pretty amazing, amazing that um, as I did my history, that was what I was going to say too. I did my history and found out that no one really knows who wrote the song because it's been around for yeah. so long. And, but Otto Gray definitely brought it to the map. I mean, with, yeah. um, you know, with their, and I haven't been able to find a recording of it, by the way, with Otto Gray. If you ever find one and know one, you got to let me know. You got, it. you got it. Hearing that happen just the way it did, it just like, it really made introducing that book and that music, but tying it to where I'm from, so simple. Um, there was no like, there was no searching for this great um, story from the past that I wanted to retell. It was just, it was just so simple because I had in my hand that everything that has to do with Western swing and, and what music from the mountains became actually started in Oklahoma with Otto Gray, and then when when a bunch of you know, my friends and heroes serenaded Robert Earl Keane with that song. I just thought, I'm just going to keep this really simple and tell this story straightforward. And it worked. It worked so great. Um, and it led into all these other wonderful stories so seamlessly from all these artists. And I thought it was just, I thought it was the perfect bridge between that Red Dirt book and the Motel Cowboys. Well, and not only that, Josh, but um, knowing that here you are melding together the influence from Idaho to Texas yeah. and, um, and, and of course, Oklahoma. And knowing that Otto actually grew up in Idaho, well, was spent his yeah. first 14 years yeah. there. He grew up in the mountains. And I thought, I thought there were, and, and if you go all the way back, I believe like he was born in a, somebody in that, in that circle was born in a military base in Brooklyn. And I was just like, is this, are these people just trying to, to, to make this? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that his formative years were spent in the mountains in that part of the country actually illustrates what the people that have gone on to, you know, at least regional, if not national popularity from the Mountain West did. It's what Reckless Kelly did. It's and, and on a larger scale. It's exactly what Chris Ledoux did. But all these people, their their musical roots lie in in mountain music in you know, ranching and rodeos and the, uh, and the music that used to be cowboy poetry before there was a melody to it. And the fact that the person that basically is credited with 
you know, being the pioneer there had those roots too. Uh, I thought was just, I didn't know that till I was actually writing about it and just wanted a one sentence about where he was from and just thought that was so perfect. Um, and it made it so easy. Well, uh, speaking of easy for all you out there, um, you know, and I do read books, but this is a very yeah. easy read. I love the way you um, write, Josh, because uh, you you actually, I don't know, you, you're able to put a lot of different thoughts together in one page and make it work. And, you know, you just, just travel us through the time and you have so much, you, you give so much information in this book and it would be easy for some people to get bogged down, but you actually flow really well. And I like the way you separate it. You could actually read this book, um, different chapters at different times and you're fine. You know, you could, you could, you could, you could, you know, scale through it and say, okay, I want to read about reckless Kelly right now, or I want to read about Mickey and the motor cars right now, or, uh, or, you know, about the, um, the Braun family. And it's really nice the way you, you put it together. The hardest thing about writing, um, a book like this with musicians as, and the fans of musicians, as the target demographic is, I don't want people to feel like they're reading a novel or even worse, an encyclopedia. Um, and that's where my background as a journalist, that's been my, my career as in journalism. That's why I'm in New York. That's that's what got me into the scene in the first place. And I, at, at this point in my career, I'm highly trained and highly skilled at it. So I knew that if I could write essentially... 20, we'll call them articles. We'll, call, we'll say, you know, mm-hmm. blog, newspaper length articles that could stand on their own, that didn't need any other stories behind them about each one of these artists. But then if I could also order them in such a way where you're, if in one, if you're in a story and it's about Reckless Kelly and you want to say, hey, remember from three chapters ago, you, as long as I ordered it in a certain way, um, I could do that. So I wanted everything to stand on its own. But then the, the challenge for me was putting it together in an order that still made it flow like a book if you want to read it in one setting. And that was a lot harder than actually going and getting the stories. Getting the stories and the artists was easy. Putting it together in a way that I thought artists and their fans would appreciate, um, that as much as there is an art to writing books, I thought that was where the artistic side of my brain got to be extra. Well, you definitely hit home run with me. And I, you know, and I'm probably the only person in radio in Texas that hasn't read Red Dirt. And I can't wait to get my copy. And, um, and, and, you know, the other thing that you don't realize is um, I actually went to high school in Yukon, Oklahoma, home of wow. Garth Brooks. And and I'm actually two years older than Garth. And so I it's it's the way so many of so much of this stuff has come together for me. It's just like I said, it's it's so serendipitous. I I'm I'm just so thrilled because I, I realize that this is going to be the groundwork for something new for me because I I I've been waiting um you know and everybody that listens to the show knows that I've been playing music in Texas for a long time. And I had I just started this radio um, show and podcast a couple of years ago because I wanted to help new artists that weren't getting heard and people that weren't getting radio airplay um, to for people to find out, you know, what they did. And then there's also, you know, I, I've had tons of artists on that are very well versed in our state and, and certainly, you know, they're 
they they have um, catapulted careers. But um, at the same time, it has given me an opportunity to learn so much about this music that I I clearly am connected to through my family. And I'm so excited because I know that it's going to be the impetus for me to do something and um, to give back to that heritage. And I'm doing it and I'm going to help. Um, it's, it's, this is going to help me help me do it. And I, I'm just so excited about you giving credence to these people that a lot of people don't know about. I would, uh, Pinto Bennett, you know, and, and, and the Braun family. And I know the Braun family is certainly well-versed through the circles that we're in right now talking about this book. But there's a lot of people out there that don't realize the influence that they've had on a plethora of artists that they hear about all the time from Texas to Nashville. And I think if you look at some of the artists that have really the a point of pride in Texas, a point of pride in independent country music is when somebody actually breaks through in a way that doesn't feel as though they had mainstream help. If when it feels very organic, and we're on this, we're on a little bit of a wave of that happening right yes. now. Uh, Turnpike's the obvious one, but Parker McCollum too. Um, you know. There's a real moment right now of a, a bunch of artists that are getting certifiable big breaks. And the best part about that is Turnpike used to play Braun Brothers. They used to not even headline. They headlined eventually, but originally they were just playing in the middle of the afternoon for an hour. Um, as late as 2019, Parker McCollum had the 5 p.m. set at Braun Brothers Reunion. That's that's the Braun's festival. That's Reckless Kelly's festival. Um, watching it be a point of pride to reckless that they were discovering these bands that have gone on to really, really, really great heights and seeing what they took away from it. That was one of the original reasons that I wanted to start writing books like this too. Um, and a phrase that I use a lot, a phrase I used in the motel cowboy show and a phrase that I use a lot in talking about my own work is it's fun to learn where the music you like comes from. Um, and the reason I think that is, is if, if you like this music, if you like this band, then you might want to explore where their influence is like. Exactly. And if you can do that in a way that doesn't bore people, you're going to make them want to seek those people out too. Well, um, I, I'm, I, I want to get to this right now. I want to play Reckless Kelly's Motel Cowboy Show and just kind of set the pace for this whole interview and let people hear and know. And for those of you that don't understand this, this is the Braun Boys. I mean, they, they, they are the sons of um, the Braun family that have this band. And what you don't know is talk about some funny things. I opened the show for them in Lubbock in the early 2000s. And so Where at? in I was at the uh, an outdoor re, uh, outdoor stage. I'm trying to remember where it was, but it's in Le it was in Lubbock. You were probably at that show knowing you. Maybe it was Cook's Garage. It was it was going to it's not some place like that. I love Lubbock and I love the the music scene there and the venues there are some of the best. Yeah, well, it was so a fe I, it was outdoor. I know that it was a festival scene and when and um it was outdoors. It was really hot and uh, our band played out there and I that's the first time and I remember them one of them yodeling um and I was like oh my god this band is unbelievable <laughs> so. 
We're going to play Reckless Kelly Motel Cowboy Show right now. We're going to come back and talk about some more things in this book. I'm telling you people, you need to get it. It's called The Motel Cowboy Show. He's even got um, he's even got some uh, set lists for you to listen to um, on pod- on Spotify and Apple Music. It's a wonderful read, and it, it's just, I don't know, there's so much about this book that moves my soul. So I don't want to take up any more time. I want to get to the music, and we'll be right back with my guest, Josh Kretschmer, um, incredible writer. And um, I guess you'll have to talk about what you're doing up in New York as well, because I, I, we need you back here, buddy. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Right. Here you go. Motel right. Cowboy Show, Reckless Kelly, and we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music. Let's go to the Motel Cowboy Show. We'll drink and dance, there's no place else to go. We'll stay out all night long, we'll toast the break of dawn. Hell, let it, let's go to the Motel Cowboy Show. With a room
back with Josh Kretschmer, the author of The Motel Cowboy Show, as well as Red Dirt, if you guys are familiar with that book. But I, I've got to tell you, Josh, I love the fact that you're bringing to light um, these pioneers of, of music that we listen to now. And a lot of the bands, that, of course, that are the Red Dirt bands and, and certainly um, that are getting a lot of... Um, I don't know, a lot more recognition nationally that it's not regional any longer because I think people are really digging this style of music and they really want to get back to what we used to say, you know, the 70s, the 60s and 70s had this really homegrown feel of musicianship. And then we kind of had that the big boy hair do, do days of the 80s and you had a little bit more techno stuff going on. And I hated that. <laughs> I'm so happy to see people get back to mountain music and in recognizing the real talent behind it. Look, I I like storytelling um, of all kinds, and most of most artists that that go on to high levels of success, they they got pretty compelling stories in their own right. But I also thought when I got into this, um, I've been a I've been a journalist my whole adult life, so 20 plus years. And um, I I always just saw myself as somebody who, who would tell stories that others might want to pass on. Um, for a good long while, I never wrote about the Turnpike Troubadours because they didn't need it. Like they were, they, they, they came out of the gate, they, they paid their dues at a pretty fast clip. And then by the early 20s, 20 teens, they were regional superstars. And so like, what was I going to say about them that anybody else wasn't already saying? Um, but then, you know, well, you could tell fun stories about what happened on the road and things that people don't ever get to hear about. Cause I, I know, but I'd rather tell those stories about people that, um, that maybe don't have that level. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, um, I am from Oklahoma. They're from Oklahoma. And, um, when they, went on their when they went on their break and there was there was lots of coverage of them that and so and and you know online stuff about them that wasn't all that great i thought okay maybe maybe this is actually my place maybe my place is maybe my place was just to wait and to be fair and to to apply some of the journalism skills i've got and that's how that's how from 2020 until now um all the turnpike troubadour stories that i've written for rolling stone or that i put in the red dirt book came to light, but it started from a place of this band doesn't need me. And then all of a sudden one day I woke up and went, okay, this band actually does need me at this mm -hmm. time. And that I never, since then I've never been able to shake that thought. Look, I want to look for artists that for whatever reason, for when, when, wherever they are on the scale of, uh, of the sliding scale of what can be perceived as success. I kind of like just, if, if an artist needs a story, if, if I think an artist needs a story told, that nobody else is telling or that nobody else is telling in the right way. I'm going to do it. And that was my big takeaway from dealing with that. That would, that is how my approach to turnpike carried over into both of these books. Um, once, once my mindset became, I'm going to tell stories that need to be told as opposed to stories that can be told. Um, it was a huge breakthrough to me because now I know what to look for. Now I know, um, now I know when something's urgent, Reckless Kelly's announcer going off the road. That's why I'm so that's why I'm so, you know, attentive to them as a band and to and to Willie and Cody Braun as musicians right now is 
They've got, you know, but they're saying two put, years from now, right? So yeah. uh, here we are in um, September yeah. of 2023. Yeah, they're they're kind of closing down on it. And I think you wrote in your book that they told you that they they do plan on staying together um, to do the Braun family reunion every year. Head headline that. That's one commitment that they've made that they'd kind of do a reunion on ongoing. Correct. And, you know, obviously things can change and people can change, but I think that's where the, I mean, I say this with firsthand knowledge. I think that's where their head's at right now is I think they envision themselves, they'll get together and make albums, but I think they probably are headed for a place where the one time a year they get together as a band is Braun Brothers Reunion. And if, if you're going to get together one time, that is one heck of a way to do it. Well, certainly for them, with the history behind it and knowing that um, for them, it's like a big family reunion anyway. And all of the artists that have been spawned from that festival is amazing to me. And I had no idea until I read your book, um, you know, how many people that they had influenced that have gone on to make music all across this country and they their roots come back to Idaho. Yeah. And... I think the other really cool thing about Reckless and that whole family is they are both, they're both mentors and mentees. Like they will talk, they will talk about Pinto Bennett the same way that Tyler and the train robbers talk about them. They, they, they understand who influenced them and they apply that to um, artists that look up to them. And separate from that, they, they have one of just the, the, the greatest, kinships with other artists in the entire Texas music scene. They were, they were without them, the red dirt scene out of Oklahoma doesn't take off the way it does because they were so instrumental in the rise of cross Canadian ragweed who then brought along Jason Bolin and Stoney LaRue, but they were also instrumental in, in the rise of uh, Wade Bowen and Randy Rogers, who were a couple of years younger than them. Um, And both, you know, and that they got into that in the motel cowboy show about how, you know, now everybody is, is viewed as equals, but there were a couple of formative years when Reckless Kelly had paid slightly more dues than these other guys and opened a ton of doors. And when you talk about one of the, you know, this is kind of a, this is a somber week of reflection in Texas music. And a lot of people are coming together and telling stories because of, you know, what happened w- with Charlie. But when the, 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 the fact is that the Texas music scene that, that, we all enjoy um, has always been so interconnected because of the fact that it was always dependent. Each artist's success was dependent on help from somebody else. And for a good while, from we'll say 99 to 03, Reckless opened a lot of doors that some really, really, really good artists had just walked right through and never looked back. And uh, here's, here's what's really cool about that as well, reading your book. Um, and it just shows how the family dynamic works is with Reckless Kelly being the older brothers going out, doing doing this incredible band. And then the younger brothers being at home and watching this and the dad, you know, I, I remember reading in, in the book when when Mickey tells his dad they're going to move to Austin. He's like, what the hell are you doing that for? <laughs> you know, what, what do you think you're going to do there? <laughs> and what did he do? You know, his brothers opened up doors for him, right? When I read that quote back to Muzzy Braun, their parents, he started cracking up because I he, Muzzy was one of the very last interviews I did, and I need to know Mickey said this. He said you asked how he was going to do that, and 
when he heard that back, he just started. You, you could hear him. You could just you could just hear it was like it was this intense laugh. But I, I, you know, so Mickey and the motor cars. Let's talk about everything being connected. They have the yes, they they, they were a legacy in Idaho. But when they get down to Austin and make a go of it, where does their where does their biggest break come from? It comes from cross Canadian ragweed and that group and that camp because their first manager was Shannon Canada. She's married to Cody right. Canada of ragweed. And that was when Ragweed was at their height, and they take the motor cars on the road everywhere. This is also this is chronicled in the Red Dirt book and the Motel Cowboy show because of that. But um, if Reckless doesn't help Ragweed five years earlier, is Ragweed ever in a position to help Mickey and the, the motor, motor cars? cars yeah, I don't think they are. And so when I say the scene, when I say it's all connected, and when I when I look at uh, the greater concepts of both Texas music and Red Dirt. It's the fact that all these artists wouldn't exist without the other. It's it's always going to be what sets it apart for me. Well, they certainly had a lot of tours together, and we talk. You talk about that in your book, um, and a, and a lot of not, and a lot of cancellations together, especially when they were up in the, uh, you know, over in the northwest area and in the snow snow capped areas. And you you fell prey to that in, in one story in the book. And and I, I and by the way, I'm one of those people that had to put the book down and go listen to the song um, between um, Cheyenne and uh, Rock. What, what was it? Uh, yeah. Which is exactly where the freeway was shut down. For those of you that, that are if you're listening and you don't know, um, when, when this, when you're finished listening to this, make the first, make your first stop, uh, a song called Rock Springs to Cheyenne by Mickey and the Motor Cars. It was actually written by, um, by one of um, Pinto Bennett's friends named Kip Attaway. And it's about that stretch of highway and being stuck on it. And like, Years and years and years later, we're talking about this is probably five years ago. I got stuck with Mickey and the motor cars and Cody Canada on the departed in Rock Springs because a blizzard had closed Interstate 80 from Rock Springs to Cheyenne. And we went in the back of the bus one day and played that song and put it out on social media because that was all we could do. Um, and I thought that was one of the most you've, you've talked a lot about some uh, some kindred moments that you've had reading this book. That for me was one. That was that, that was a mind blowing moment. That, that of all the places to get snowed in in a blizzard w- with Mickey Braun, it would be Rock Springs, Wyoming. Well, and bringing you together, the you know, uh, another you know two two men that a lot of people don't realize set the stage for a lot of what they wrote and sang about with um, Pinto Bennett and Kip Attaway. And then um, I loved hearing about, uh, I could picture, this is what I was saying about the way you wrote. I could picture that hole in the wall restaurant that was there. And, you know, you, you were, you guys were stuck there for what I think two or three days before you could get a flight out. Yeah. And I think, um, one of the real important things about writing a book like this is if once you commit to every chapter has to stand on its own, then every picture you paint has to count. Um, you, you can't, if you bore somebody at any point, they might not pick the book back up because you know that somebody might pick this up to read chapter 13. And then a week later they want to read something else. So you can't, you can't take any chapter off if you're going to do it that way. So, um, if I'm going to write about that motel bar in Rock Springs, Wyoming for this book, I had to do it really vividly. I had to do it fast and vividly. So I just painted the quickest picture I could, um, use one descriptor. And after that, 
everybody that reads it should know exactly what that looks like, even though you've never seen it. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen it. I've been there. <laughs> and and certainly yeah. sing, hearing the song and uh, knowing the history behind that well, it hel- didn't, yeah. didn't hurt. It helped it helped to, to set the stage for it, for sure. Well, um, I want to I want to play um, "Hold This Town Together" from Mickey and the Motor Cars. You you obviously have a really great relationship now with um, not only the Braun family but uh, well, so everybody that you're that you've been writing about um, and Cody Canada who I adore. Cody um, has been on my show and been to my store because you know our our place actually has a venue as well and he's played at our venue um, here at the Guitar Sanctuary and you know. He's about as down home as you can get for a guy, uh, you know. Um, and and Cody in in these circles, by the way, is very hard because when you say the name Cody, unless you say a last name, you really don't okay, know who yeah. you're talking about because there's oh. so many of them and they all know each other. <laughs> it was hard even in this book because there was so much of Cody Canada's influence on Idaho, but this book's about Cody Braun. Right. So I still use Cody <laughs> Same all the time. Um, of course, then you get into the fact that Mickey and Gary Braun of Mickey and the Motor Cars have uncles named Mickey uh, named Gary and Billy. So I had to also like qualify who Gary was yes. at all times. Yep. Um, and look, look. Here's the thing about uh, you know everybody. The, these musicians that that have these sort of family ties. Um, it drives their art too. It, I mean, personally, it makes them happy, but it also drives their art. And um, you're going to play that "Hold This Town Together" song. I think that's a great example of it. That is, that song paints pictures of like 20 different places in Idaho, and um, that's essentially this mindset set to music. Yeah, I would say so. I, I as soon as you told me which songs you wanted, of course, I pulled them out and I've listened to them two or three times each before this interview. And of course, there's so many other songs that people are familiar with with Mickey and the Motor Cars. But if you want to if you want to hear a song that actually sets the stage for what this book is about, this is the song. And I know now why you chose it. It's called "Hold This Town Together," Mickey and the Motor Cars. And of course, we're talking about Mickey Braun and and the history behind the book, the Motel Cowboy Show. What an incredible um, way for you to learn about this heritage that we all take for granted in Texas music and where it came from in the beginning. And I am just excited for you, Josh. I really think this book is going to just catapult you even farther. And you're you're an incredible writer already, but you're also a historian that cares about music and you care about people and you care about the lives and the sacrifices that were made by a lot of these artists. And that, that says a lot. One of the, one of the big reasons that I want to tell the stories of these um, other scenes, red dirt first um, music and mountain music. One of the reasons I like telling stories of these other scenes is because I'm also telling the story of Texas music. Um, And I think once I get finished telling all those stories, I want to go back and fill in the gaps with Texas. But if I had started with Texas and tried to work out from there, it would have, it would have overpowered red dirt. It would have overpowered motel cowboy show working backwards like this. It really, I think by the time I'm done writing, I think I hope that I'll have a 
I'll have painted a pretty good picture of Texas music. Well, too, you, you definitely set a stage for you could do you could you could write several more books from this platform for sure. But I love what you've done. I love how you brought us from Idaho to Texas, and now uh, you know I have no idea what your what the next book's going to be about. But I you better put me on the presale. That's all I can tell you. Well, we're going to play right now. Mickey and the Motor Cars hold this town together. Um, if you're just tuning in, I'm I'm interviewing Josh. Crutchmer. He's the author of The Motel Cowboy Show, also Red Dirt. And if you guys can get the book, order it right now. In fact, I think if you order it from him directly, he will actually sign it for you. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it in bookstores. But if you go to motelcowboyshow.com and order it from me, I will sign them all. I have uh, I have watched I have watched artists do this for years and years, and I have a system down. So if you order from me, it will come signed. And um, I also have some special editions of the book too with some bonus material that um you can only get that's from me. right um but it's also on if you can't wait it's a great gift for for everybody that loves music and i'm telling you i'm i'm i know exactly what i'm going to be doing for christmas for all my people that love music and i don't know what to get them this is it baby i'm gonna i'm gonna get both the books i'm gonna do the whole extreme thing here so here we go mickey and the motor cars hold this town together we'll be right back with josh crutchmer here on texas homegrown music So hard to 
are already biting the bit. I'm, I'm hoping some of you have already gotten online and gone to the cowboymotel.com or the, the motelcowboyshow.com and ordered your, your books because um, you can get them signed right here from the author himself and he's got a lot of great things to offer besides um, what Amazon and everybody else has and I'm a big proponent of it. I mean here we are Josh talking about what it's like to have to be an indie artist and I know that you've got these other platforms that are willing to sell your book but I think as um, as we're pushing this I think people should order it from you. That's just my well, so, that's so, just my take on it. <laughs> when I started, when I went to write the Red Dirt book, I went the proper route. I made pitches to publishers and looked for an agent. Um, and when you do that, you have to you have to write a big long proposal. It's got to be fifty pages. And so, people that I pitched this book to knew pitched Red Dirt to knew what it was going to include. And there was a chapter from Garth. Garth is one of the artists that's in, that's quoted in both books, actually, which is kind of kind of odd. Um, but there was a chapter about how Red Dirt helped launch his career in that first book. And when I pitched the book to to people that, you know, that that had access to major publishers, a lot of them liked it. But a lot of them were like, hey, less Reckless Kelly, more Garth Brooks. And once I hit that wall, um, because of, of all people in the book, Garth understood this wasn't about him, but he was happy to be a part of it. Once I realized that that was the viewpoint, that was sort of the end of me chasing um, a book deal. And I, instead I just went, you know what? I can release this book independently because I know something that these publishers don't. I know how to reach these fan bases and you reach the fan bases through the artist. Now you still have to, to walk a little bit of a line to do it journalistically, but as long as you're fair to the artist, then I, then they're always willing, they're always willing to do a, an Instagram post or a Facebook post. And as long as, as long as they feel that they've been, that they've had a chance to have their story told, which is where the journalism comes in, then I'm going to have access to their fan bases. And every time, every time we do something like this, every time, you know, Reckless or the motor cars talk about it on social media, it spreads the word. And that's how they, that's how they spread the word about their own music. So I think one of the truest things I can do as somebody writing about it is approach the books I'm writing and the stories I'm telling the exact same way. So though that's how I managed to stay independent. Um, and it just took, it took, you know, a couple of 
it took a little bit of learning how the game works, but once I did, it was there was no looking back, and it's been so good, and I wouldn't do it any other way. Well, we're happy to we're happy to oblige. So again, I'm going to mention it, of course, two or three times on the show. I want you to go to um, MotelCowboyShow.com, order his book. There's got playlists that go along with it you will not be disappointed it is just so intriguing to me how this all plays together and speaking of plays together um i know that you are a big proponent of going to festivals and live shows and certainly to um to help these these cats tell me some of your top um festivals that you would propose for us to go to if we wanted to really get down to um hearing a plethora of these artists that you like to feature well, the good thing is that right now there is there is a festival for every taste, but the ones that the ones that I like are the ones that still will blend some community in with the music sure. and a sense of place. Um, so if you pay, if you read the Motel Cowboy Show, um, obviously I went to Braun Brothers reunion. Obviously that is that is a big part of this book, and um, there's a there's a really full and complete review of the 2022 incarnation of that in Motel Cowboy show. That's in Chalice, Idaho, and it's the Bronze Festival. It's three days and it's a single stage. Um, and, you know, that's put on by the artists. They decide the acts themselves. So, you know, if you are a fan of Reckless Kelly, um, you're going to spend three days listening to music that Reckless Kelly wants to hear, too. Uh, yeah, that's one. The Jackalope Jamboree in Pendleton, Oregon, where they have the uh, you know the big road the roundups going on right now, they turn those rodeo grounds into a festival. It's a little bit bigger, and so they can have uh, they can have headliners like Shane Smith, who wrote the uh, who wrote the intro to this book, and and you know Margot Price and Ryan Bingham were there last year. But it's still set in Pendleton, Oregon. It's still small town. It's still rodeo, and so as you go through the festival, there's all these ties to the community and its history too, and the Oregon Trail and the natives. Um, but you know, they've got a couple of stages and some, and some offsite places where the music runs the gamut from those headliners I named down to, you know, the up and comers like Mar- Margot Silker and Caitlin Butts and Vandaliers, who all of whom just killed it this past year. And that was actually, I stopped writing the book, um, at the Jackalope Jamboree this year. I thought that'd be a good last chapter to write. Um, a place like that though, where you can hear where you can hear just great artists after great artists and also appreciate the place that you're in. Um, I think there's just something to be said for that. Well, in Oregon, and I, I, think, I mean, can you get any prettier? <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think the bellwether to that um, is probably Steamboat because it's a mountain, it's mountain, a mountain festival. It was the original one. And, um, and that is just, um, that's kind of where, the concept of a Texas music festival started and the fact that three decades later, still going still strong. Going for, yeah. Um, they have it down to a science, but with it, we're not for them. I don't know that a lot of these um, festivals will be around. Um, my dog is barking at, um, <laughs> a, but that's part of uh, that's part of radio. Um, without, without that, the, the fact that not only was that festival groundbreaking, the fact that it manages to improve on itself every year in the context of all the competition that it has. Um, 
still to me makes it one of the best stops in the world. Well, hopefully um, I'll see you at one of those because I'm definitely going to yeah. go. And I, you know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm to that place in my life now where being an empty nester, an artist myself, but I have to I have to plan it way ahead because you know when you're an artist, you're playing every weekend. So I'll try try to do it. Well, I want to play. Speaking of you, you mentioned Margot Silker, and um, she's probably been around she just started really in the last five years is from what i can see um and uh and we're gonna play a song called lowland trail this song obviously you know has a, a deep i don't know deep roots for her because she's watched where she grew up and where her family was just turned into the Silicon Valley. Right. And, and, and where, where are we now as a country, as we push out all of this farmland, um, you know, into buildings and concrete jungles that we, that we have, it's gotta be sad for these people that grew up like that. And it's certainly my heritage, my grandfather was a, you know, rancher, cowboy early on in Oklahoma. And now that area is, you know, it's it's still not grown like others, but it, it's definitely something that, you know, we miss. I think, I think Margo being an up-and-comer, Margo being, you know, now residing in Oregon, um, embodies just so much of the spirit that I got in writing uh, the Motel Cowboy show. And then I look around at the artists that she shares the stage with, you know, Kelsey Wald and Margot Price. I saw her open for American Aquarium. Um, you know, they, a lot of the, a lot of the people that, that she shares the stage with um, as she is finding her way are just some absolutely wonderful, wonderful musicians in their own right. And so um, I, I kind of went out of my way to uh, make sure when I was at the Jackalope Jamboree, I captured her set and captured her essence because the, the spirit of her music and her songwriting um, is really, really, really um, emblematic of um, what the Motel Cowboy show is Absolutely. all about. Absolutely. Well, after reading about her, I can see it. Well, I've got to tell you what a what a pleasure it's been to talk with you, Josh. And um, wow. I, I, maybe maybe I can see you while I'm in New York. If we can meet up for coffee, that would be awesome. I would love um, it. True. And true. so, um, well, so for all of you out there, this book. I, I, I can't stress it enough. I'm I was intrigued with it all weekend. The Motel Cowboy Show, the motelcowboyshow.com. Get your copies. The playlist is included. He'll tell you all about what's going on in um in this book for this this pioneers of of music out of Idaho all the way to Texas and all across our country. Thank you so much for being here today. We're going to close the show today with Margot Silker, Lowland Trail, and then Shane Smith and the Saints Mountain Girl. Can't think of a better way to do it, but we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music. Thank you so much, Josh. See you soon. You. Hopefully, Hopefully see you next week, buddy. <laughs> It's been a blast, and I will see you soon. Get up here, and um, let's have uh, let's have some coffee and um, talk more about it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Right. Marco Silker, Lowland Trail.
Mexico showed me the Idaho pines We drove through the night, barely made it right on time And the barmaid asked of the towns we'd seen New York, Tulsa, the Grand Salina She stared into space, I wondered how far she'd be Something to take from the things we've learned Concrete comes when a good bridge burns And don't shoot it a lot Cause it ain't a what you've heard And the cocaine comes like a thief in the day It seems harmless at first Till it takes you away Don't stare at the ground When it all comes down You're tired of bet a lot of you have gone online to get that book and if you haven't you need to do it the motelcowboyshow.com we've mentioned it a few times in the interview i cannot stress enough of how much this book has in it that is interesting and you know more than that it also he's got a playlist that he that he put along with the book on spotify and apple it's really interesting to me how all of these stories kind of meld together and give you a real look at what it's like to have pioneered music like they did. And I I don't know, I'm just such a huge fan now and I can't wait to the next project, which I know Josh is going to continue. He's such a prolific writer and I can't wait to see what else is on the horizon. So once again, I enjoyed getting to know somebody new in my ranks. Hopefully he'll be a really great friend and um, I'm going to hopefully get to see him um, when I'm in New York. So for all of you out there, thank you for listening each week and checking out what's new in Texas homegrown music. 
And um, I've got to say, shout out to the sponsors that make this possible. Of course, the Guitar Sanctuary, Burris Injury Law, Cadillac Pizza Pub, and all of you listeners for being so great at uh, keeping in touch with me. Reach out to me. I've gotten a lot of people on my show because you came to me and said, hey, I've heard this band. I really want to hear them on your show. Maylee at TexasHomegrownMusic.com. That's M-A-Y-L-E-E at TexasHomegrownMusic.com. We'll see you guys next time. Remember what I say. Love life. You get out of it what you put into it. We'll see you next time. Peace out, everybody. Mm-hmm.